You're listening to the Men of Honor podcast, making a difference in the lives of men so they can make a difference in their community. You can listen to all previous episodes at menofhonor.club. Men are falling away from the church faster than any other group in an age where it's not cool to go to church. Men are giving more excuses than anyone. Someone once said, let a man-eating lion loose in a church and he would starve to death. Although we were unable to find any Australian statistics, have a look at these American statistics. A typical US congregation draws an adult crowd that's 61% female and 39% male. This gender gap shows up in all age categories. On any given Sunday, there are 13 million more adult women than men in American churches. This Sunday, almost 25% of married church-going women will worship without their husbands. Midweek activities often draw 70 to 80% female participants. The majority of church employees are women, except for ordained clergy who are overwhelmingly male. Over 70% of the boys who are being raised in church will abandon it during their teens and 20s, and most of these boys will never return. More than 90% of American men believe in God, and 5 out of 6 call themselves Christians, but only 2 out of 6 attend church on any given Sunday. The average man accepts the reality of Jesus Christ, but fails to see any value in going to church. Churches overseas report gender gaps of up to 9 women for every adult man in attendance. Christian universities are becoming convents, The typical Christian college in the U.S. enrolls almost two women for every one man, and fewer than 10% of U.S. churches are able to establish or maintain a vibrant men's ministry. Thankfully, we don't have that problem in our church, with Men of Honor running stronger and stronger each year and into its fifth year. Churchgoers are more likely to be married and express a higher level of satisfaction with life. Church involvement is the most important predictor of marital stability and happiness. Church involvement moves people out of poverty. It's also correlated with less depression, more self-esteem, and greater family and marital happiness. Religious participation leads men to become more engaged husbands and fathers. Teens with religious fathers are more likely to say they enjoy spending time with dad and that they admire him. Another study has found that the presence of involved men was statistically correlated with church growth, health and harmony. Meanwhile, a lack of male participation is strongly associated with congregational decline. The numbers are astounding of how infrequently men are actually going to church, much less helping in a leadership, serving or teaching role. But what worries me more is that many of these men who are in church are doing just as little as the men who are not going to church. Don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching a works-based religion, rather I'm looking for spirit-filled men who are asking, what can I do to help God's kingdom? There are many excuses men might give for not going to church, but the excuse I gave, and the one that I hear most, is that there are too many hypocrites in the church. In my opinion, it's a pretty lame excuse. If this were the true cause of why men won't go to church, then we'd also need to quit our jobs, quit our families, and quit life in general because there's nothing but hypocrites everywhere in the world. The true reason we don't want to go to church is that we're afraid to man up. We're so afraid that we're going to lose touch with the world and our sinful ways that we make up excuses about why we don't want to go to church. Satan has convinced us that going to church is for sissies. God has a different plan about church. But right now, most men aren't following it. 
In the world of nature, God's created some beautiful animals. Some of these animals have great camouflage that allows them to blend into their surroundings. One of the best is the chameleon. On a bed of grass, the chameleon's skin turns green. On the earth, it turns brown. This adaptation is perfectly suited for an animal that's trying to lie low and not be seen. In my mind, this has become the symbol of the Christian man in and out of church. At church, many Christian men try to blend into the pew, thinking that if no one sees him, he won't have to do or say anything. Outside of the church, many Christian men become exactly like the world, so they won't have to explain or defend why they are different. Look at what Jesus says in Revelations 3.16. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. God wants more from us than just to blend in. Obviously, if he says he's about to spit you out of his mouth. As a lukewarm Christian man, you're nothing more than a mouthful of snot and he's going to spit you out. His goal for you and me is that we will not be a chameleon, but a light in the dark world. Then Jesus spoke again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8.12 The vision you should get when you read this verse is of a lighthouse. Back before we had GPS and satellites, lighthouses actually had a purpose besides being a nice backdrop for wedding photos. Sailors used lighthouses to find their way home. Even in some of the darkest storms, the lighthouse was such a bright light that the sailors were able to avoid the rocks and reach their home port. We need to be that kind of light. A spiritual light so bright that we should stand out even in the darkest hour of this world, but our light has dimmed, mostly because of our disobedience to God's word. How bright's your light? If you're not being intentional in your Christian walk, the darkness will overtake you. Get in the word. Pray and become a servant in your church. Well, how important is church? In every generation since the death and resurrection of Christ, man has tried to devalue the church. In our current generation, man has said church is a place for those who need a crutch as if it's a bad thing. The world says church is a place people go who can't handle things on their own. Like that's a bad thing as well. Some Christians say you don't have to go to church to have church. The church as we see it today has become a joke to the world, not because of the world, but because of Christians. We as Christian men have let it happen. First, by our lack of action, we don't stand up for God, we don't stand up for our faith, and we don't strive to be like the cornerstone God gave us to look up to, Jesus himself. Second, we've let this happen by our actions. We follow the world and justify it by distorting scripture to suit our flesh. It says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. We continue to live in ways that are contrary to what the Bible teaches. We've become comfortable and praised by the world. How did this happen? By not going to church for starters. And the church is allowing it. It's been slowly overtaken by the world. It allows worldly influences to penetrate the church walls. And eventually it becomes a norm and we become numb to the effects of the world. Look at marriages. The world today that says living together is okay. You don't have to get married, but God says differently. And unfortunately, the church seems to be going along with it. 
Have a look at gay marriages. Have a look at ordained ministers who are homosexual and that are allowing same-sex marriages in the church. These are just two of many examples. So how important is church? It's so important that God gave his son to die for our sins. That sounds to me like it's pretty important. Ephesians 1.22 says, And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. This passage tells us that Christ is the head of the church, its source of life, its supreme ruler, and that he loves the church as a man loves his own flesh. So if that's how important it is to God, why would you and I be so disrespectful of it? If we're to be imitating Christ, why would we neglect it? He died for it, but we make excuses. It's not a very good imitation at all, is it? Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave his life a ransom for many. As you look around your church, I'd imagine that you might notice most of the work being done by a very few people. What you see is called the 80-20 rule, the law of the vital few, and the principle of fact sparsity which states that for many events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. In the church, you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. That's not a good percentage for productivity, and it causes burnout in a lot of churches. Imagine if you worked at a 20% pace, or if your company hired only 20% of its workforce to do 80% of its work. Neither one would last very long. Seeing this kind of statistic in the church, I can understand why six out of every ten churches fail. After a certain amount of time working the pace of the 20% club, who do most of the work, you get burned out. You just can't keep up with the demands of life and church and family. There's nothing to do but quit. And if your church has a congregation of 100, this means that 20 people are doing the work of 80 in most churches, the remaining 20% of the work is just not getting done. If you have a burnout rate of 50% each year, that means you need 10 people each year to replace the 10 who have quit. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out you can run through church membership in a quick amount of time just by trying to fill the gaps in the church. So let me ask you this. Are you one of the 20% who are working all the time? Or are you among the 80% who are watching what everyone else does? trying to show you that we've allowed the Christian man to forget about the personal relationship he should have with Christ. In this relationship, the Holy Spirit will deal with him about what he needs him to do for Christ's church. And don't think of the 80-20 rule as applying to church work. Realize that it applies to God's work for the kingdom. If 20% of the church is doing 80% of what God has called all Christians to do, 80% of the witnessing, 80% of the soul saving, and 80% of the disciple making, then what are the other 80% of the Christians doing? Do you realize how many people we could reach for God's kingdom if the other 80% would stop making excuses and get off their blessed assurance and start sharing the gospel? And it's us men that need to step up and make a difference for God's kingdom. And the others will follow. Stop making excuses and get in a relationship with Christ and let him get you involved at your church. And it won't take you long to get plugged in because probably only 20% of the people are doing the work anyway. Romans 12, 5.13 says, So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. 
since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us has to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service, in his serving, or he who teaches, in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honour, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Early in my Christian life, I was given a spiritual gifts survey, which helped me determine what gifts God had given me for his service. And I think that if I had never taken that survey, I'd probably be less likely to step up into the role that I'm in now. It gave me a guide of where to begin. The survey tells you your strengths and weaknesses. It's a great way to get plugged into the church. We've given the men at Men of Honor the opportunity to complete a survey and to share it amongst the group. This gives them an opportunity to see how they can utilize their gifts for the church and how they can magnify and glorify God when they are used for his purpose. The reason for a survey is for them to understand where God has given them strengths. Every one of us Christians has at least one gift that we can use for God's kingdom. A spiritual gift does many things for the church. First, it puts you in a place where you're less likely to get burned out. Your spiritual gift is usually stronger in things you enjoy or have naturally done most of your life. However, God delights when he can surprise you too. He can use your weaknesses for his glory as well. When I scored my survey, I found that my second highest gift was something that was an absolute shocker to me. But over time, and many scriptures later, I'm becoming the person that God wants me to be. With my family, my church, my money, my work, God has slowly expanded my faith over time. Second, a spiritual gift gives you a point of reference for how you can plug into your church. If you have the gift of exhortation, you might want to look into speaking. If it's teaching, teach a Sunday school or a discipleship class. If it's administration, help in the church office. Whatever your gift is, use it. Over time, God will slowly mould you into the man that he wants, someone much more usable for his kingdom. And to this day, he continues to show me ways I can be used through his strength and my weaknesses. And God will do the same for you. Get active in your church. Start by taking a spiritual gift survey. Plug into the church in any way you can where it fits with your stronger gift. Talk with your pastor to find out which direction you should take. In 1 Corinthians 15.58 it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Many things in life can be accomplished through prayer. Many things can be accomplished by getting off your backside and actually putting some effort into it as well, as I've already stated. But Christian men need to have an active prayer life. As you begin the discipline of prayer, start praying for your church. Don't pray just for growth in numbers. Pray also for the spiritual growth of all your members. Give particular attention to praying for your pastors and elders. The role of your church staff and elders is one of the most important that God has given in the church. Their accountability for shepherding the flock needs to be covered in prayer on a daily basis. The spiritual warfare they face comes in many different forms and is consistent so they need to be lifted up in prayer. 
If the men in your church are not taking a special time before your service to pray for the pastor, start a movement yourself. Get a couple of guys together and pray with the pastor before he preaches. This type of prayer will be one of the most powerful things you can do for your pastor and will give your pastor a comfort knowing he can deliver a sermon without the fear of being attacked by man, Satan or himself. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Just get involved in your church. It needs you as much as you need the church. Don't be a spiritual wimp. Go to church and get involved there. Man up and be a man of God in your church. Would you like to run Men of Honor in your church or small group? To find out more, email us at menofhonor.club for a free resource pack. Men of Honor, making a difference in the lives of men so they can make a difference in their community.